Happy Easter. Happy, 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 happy Easter. It's a great day. And thank you so much for being here this day, whether it's your first time here at the chapel or your hundredth, just so glad you're here. And in so many ways, Easter is the best day of the year, regardless of what's happening in the world or in our own lives. It's a day of celebration and hope and joy. It's a day that invites us to once again look at our lives in a, in a brand new way. It's a day that's filled with memories of Easter's past, and it's often a day where there's fun and even funny things said. And speaking of times past, it was 1930 or so in the West Texas town of El Paso, where my mom was living as a seven-year-old girl with her parents. And on a simple street just a few blocks from where my mom and her parents lived, there was a grocery store. It was called Best Home Grocery, and Mr. Young and his family owned it. And the store was the centerpiece of the neighborhood, the kind of place where you get anything that you needed. Well, in 1930, despite the ongoing depression, maybe because of it, Mr. Young, several weeks before Easter, sold chances to win an Easter bunny from the store. He thought it would brighten people's days. And for a dime, a person bought one chance to win the bunny. Well, knowing how entranced my mom was with the bunny, my grandmother spent a fortune. She spent a dollar to buy 10 chances for the bunny. And the week before Easter, Mr. Young pulled the slips of paper out of a jar, and there written down was my grandmother's name. And the bunny immediately went home to live with my mom. And every Easter since that day, Mr. Bunny has been part of our family tradition. He's enchanted young and old alike and brought back memories of very special people now long gone. And for fun, and perhaps because I lost my mom last year, and for the sake of nostalgia, I'd like to introduce you all to 90-year-old <laughs> Mr. Bunny. <laughs> Here he is, and I think Mr. Bunny, after 90 years of gracing the Dwetter household with Easter's, deserves a round of applause, don't you? <laughs> Yes, Easter is filled with lots of memories, and, and I invite you all today to do something. Take the time, turn all the noise off, and just sit around with whomever you're with and share memories of Easter's past. It's a way of honoring those you love. It's a way of honoring those you love and see no longer. And because it's done in love, it's a way of honoring our Lord God. So share those stories this day. Now, not only is this day filled with memories, but for some people, for some reason, people around the United States send me the dumbest jokes. <laughs> not only about Easter, but about eggs. And uh, here, here's something that somebody sent me. Apparently, there's this husband and wife, and they fight all the time, every morning, about who's going to make the coffee. The wife says, you make the coffee. The husband says, no, 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 you make the coffee. The wife says, you make the coffee, you make the coffee, you make the coffee. You make. It goes on and on and on and on every morning. And, and finally, the wife is fed up, and she says to her husband, you know, you read the Bible, and you say you take it seriously. And the Bible says that you should make the coffee. <laughs> and the husband says, what on earth are you talking about? It doesn't say in the Bible that I should make the coffee. So, yes, it does. She runs to the shelf and pulls off the Bible and spread, goes through the pages until she gets to the New Testament. 
And then she runs over excitedly to her husband and looks in the New Testament. She says, see, see right here, it says, he brews. And, and, and it, did you know that <laughs> did you know that the worst possible crime to an egg is poaching? That is terrible. And eggs are best at the sport of come on, running. I, I got to stop. Those are really bad yokes. I mean, jokes. <laughs> well, all these eggs do get me thinking about my favorite meal of the day, which is breakfast. And speaking of breakfast this morning, I'd like to share a story about the most amazing breakfast ever. It happened on a beach. And while there were probably not any eggs served, it was a heck of a fish fry. And to get to that breakfast, we need to go back to the last week of Jesus' life. We know that the last week of his life was very busy, full of all kinds of events. It was certainly full of some of his greatest teachings, the greatest of which is absolutely that the only thing that matters in the end is love. The religious leaders at the time didn't think much of Jesus. They weren't willing to let go of their power. And they found Jesus' love message so offensive that by the end of the week, they had him killed. But before Jesus was killed on his last night, he had a meal with his closest friends. He gave those who were there with him a new understanding of bread and wine, and he washed the feet of his companions to show people that the ultimate purpose of life is to have the heart of a servant. After supper, he went to a garden where he prayed and prayed and prayed, and it was there that he was betrayed by one of his close friends. And early Friday morning after Jesus was arrested, he was put on both religious and political trials, a bunch of them, in fact, that led ultimately to his condemnation to die. By mid-Friday morning, Jesus was nailed to a cross, and by three in the afternoon, he took his last breath and died. And it was then that his body was taken down from the cross and placed in a tomb, and the tomb was sealed with a huge stone. Deep despair sent in for his followers. The only conclusion they had left to make was that Jesus was a great teacher, a wise man, and an astonishing healer, but certainly nothing more than any of those things. Like a lot of other amazing leaders at the time, Jesus and the movement that he began was over and done with at that moment. Time to get on with life. Friday night, Saturday and Saturday night passed, then early the next morning around sunrise or just before, some women got up and went to the tomb as would have been the custom. They had hoped they find, could find some people strong enough to roll the stone away from the tomb so they could go inside and anoint Jesus' body with oil to prepare it for the long process of decay. But when they arrived, they discovered the stone had been rolled away. And if you read the four gospel accounts of Easter morning in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will quickly notice that some of the details of that morning differ. Clearly different people who were witnesses focused on different aspects. But what is intriguing is that the four gospels all share the basic fact that Jesus' body was not present that Easter morning. There's also a consensus that the women who went to the tomb were told that Jesus had risen from the dead, and indeed he had. 
They were also told not to be afraid as they would soon see Jesus. So they were to run and tell Jesus' followers what had happened. We also know from an early eyewitness accounts that Jesus, after he rose, appeared to his disciples, to people in Galilee, Jerusalem, on a road to a place called Emmaus. We're told that Jesus appeared to well over 500 people after his resurrection on various occasions. And Jesus was bodily raised from the dead, as those early eyewitnesses attest. Now embedded within these stories is the one about a beach that sits alongside the northern edge of the Sea of Galilee. And while awaiting further direction and guidance from the risen Jesus, whom they had seen, fellows named Peter, Nathaniel, James, and John decided to go out fishing. And they fished all night. And early the next morning, while they still were out on the sea near the shore, they saw a man standing there. And the man yelled out to them, Have you caught much? No, they replied. The man said, Well, then throw your nets out one more time. And they did so. And before too long, they had more fish than they knew what to do with. Then they headed to shore where they saw this fire on the beach with fish grilling. And the man said, Breakfast is ready, my friends. And the man was the resurrected Jesus. What a fish fry. What a breakfast that must have been. And like a quadruple espresso, the whole thing must have been quite the eye-opener for those fellows on the beach that morning. Now, before continuing, I believe a bit of context to all these stories is really helpful. When Jesus got started with his teachings and healings and confronting injustices, there was a lot going on around him. And one thing that was happening around him is that Jesus was not the first guy people thought was the Messiah. There had been other would-be Messiahs, other Messiahs who people made sacrifices to follow and to learn from. But every single one of those other movements around those other Messiahs died out. And they died out because the person they were following died, never to be seen again. People tend not to keep following a dead guy around. Also, it's important to know that the earliest Christians following Jesus' resurrection had no New Testament. The earliest followers of Jesus did not follow Jesus because of what the Bible said. They followed Jesus because of what they had experienced firsthand, an empty tomb and the resurrection of Jesus. As one person says, the earliest followers of Jesus began a movement not because of what the Bible says. There wasn't one at the time. They did not follow Jesus because of what they read. There was nothing to read. They began a Jesus movement because of Jesus. Another person writes, Christianity began because nobody ever expected nobody. But that's exactly what happened that Easter morning. Peter, Mary Magdalene, and others who believed in Jesus believed in Jesus because of what they saw. They watched him die. They saw him buried. They encountered him resurrected. And the only reason the movement started was because of Jesus. And the movement spread and grew because eyewitnesses began to share their experiences with others. On this Easter Sunday, I have an invitation for each of us who are here, regardless of who we are or where we are in our journey of faith. And that invitation is to begin to live each and every day like the very first Christians did after that Easter morning. In other words, to live each day knowing that the tomb 
was empty and Jesus rose from the dead. What might our days be like? How might we approach our challenges if we woke up each morning and said the tomb was empty and Jesus rose from the dead? What might change for us if we trusted for the first time or the hundredth time that indeed the tomb was empty and that Jesus rose from the dead? Well, I believe a lot changes when we trust this. The empty tomb means we can let go of fear once and for all. We can let go of the fear of death. It means that trust, we can trust that death is a new beginning, a doorway, a passageway into what follows this life. And I love what one person says about this. He writes, the resurrection tells us with certainty there's a future for us beyond death. It also tells us that the future we have beyond death is personal. Remember that Jesus shows up after he rose from the tomb and said, it's me, look at me. So the future we have after death is personal, and those we love are part of it. But the empty tomb means some other things, too. The empty tomb means there is more going on than meets the eye, and that our five human senses are, in fact, quite limited and cannot capture all of reality. The empty tomb means we are on a journey, that we are pilgrims on our way somewhere, and that our life is never meant to be an endpoint, but rather a passageway. The empty tomb means that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are simply passing through, all of us. And the empty tomb means good is the last word, not what is bad. And to wrap up today, I'd like to close with this. During the six Sundays of Lent, we did a sermon series here at the chapel titled Rolling Stones, releasing what weighs us down. And the idea is that while life is amazing and beautiful and wonderful and full of wonder and blessings in the midst of it all, most if not all of us at times carry stuff around that weighs us down. Sometimes we hold on to experiences or events that are burdensome and even depleting. And a good image for this is carrying around a bag of rocks, a bag full of rocks that are not only heavy but jagged and rough-edged. A lot of us can, be, um, can become stone collectors, if you will. Such stones have names like anger, resentment, hurt, judgmentalness, failure, struggles with forgiveness, etc. And over the last several weeks, people who were here were given rough, ugly, dirty rocks to represent the things that we carry around. And each week we left those rocks along what they, with what they symbolized at the altar, and by the end of six weeks of Lent, we had this big pile of rocks. It's gone, isn't it? The rocks we carry are carried around by our Lord on this Easter morning. And on this Easter morning, whether you've been among us before or not, I'd like to invite you to think about something. Look at what God did with the tombstone covering the grave of Jesus. God rolled it away and raised Jesus from the dead. And if God can do that with a tombstone, think, just think about what God can do with the stones of burdens we carry around. And I'd say if God has the power to raise, that God has the power to polish our stones that we carry and take our burdens 
and transform them into something else. And since God has the power to overcome death, God has the power to deal with whatever it is that is going on in our life. And all of this, my friends, leads to hope. You see, the foundation of our hope is the empty tomb of Jesus. The foundation of our hope is that death is a new beginning. The foundation of our hope is that God is the ultimate stone mover and stone polisher. The tomb was empty and Jesus rose from the dead. And so to represent this hope, this Easter, we have a small gift for each of you. A polished stone. I ask that you take it with you. I ask that you put it in a place, not that's safe, but a place that interacts with your daily life. I pray and ask that you will let that stone remind you that the tomb was empty, that Jesus rose from the dead, and we can live each day with the astonishing hope that this brings. Happy Easter. share some hope with you all too later. <laughs> Paul, you need to make sure we help. <clears throat> Everybody must get stoned, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, uh, just for a moment, let us please uh, pray and join me in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of the empty tomb. We thank you for Jesus. And I pray that you teach each of us how to live each and every day with the hope of the resurrection. Help us to know that we can trust you, that you are with us, and that as you had the power to overcome death, you have the power to overcome whatever is happening in this life. And we take a moment and we want to pray for those that are in our hearts and minds this day for whom we wish to offer prayers. And we can name people or situations silently or out loud and hold them up to God. I give you thanks for the chapel. I also pray for our fellow Christians around the world who are persecuted, especially in Sri Lanka. I pray for people of all faith traditions that are persecuted, our Jewish and Muslim brothers and sisters. Pray for all in our prayer chain and prayer list. And again, invite you to hold up people silently or out loud by name for whom you wish to offer prayers. And we thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Christ, for this day and each day to come. In your strong name we pray, amen. And if our service would come forward as we offer our gifts to God, all of which helps make the ministries and the outreach of Snowmass Chapel possible.
And uh, you may remain uh, seated for this part just because we have so many people seated. As our service continues, God, you made us and the world and everything in it. All the good we see comes from you. You have always loved us, but people have not always loved you. You sent Jesus to show us how to live and to bring us back to you again. Our Lord Jesus Christ died for us on the cross so that through your Holy Spirit we can all be your people. And so with thanks, we praise you. We are here this morning because the night before he died for us, our Lord shared a meal with his friends. There he took some bread and gave thanks to you, God. He broke it into pieces and gave it to them and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. Later, he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to you. He shared it with him and said, this is my blood which brings you new life. Do this to know that I am with you. And so remembering our Lord Jesus Christ who died and was raised to new life by you, now send your Holy Spirit among us so that this bread and wine can be for us, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. And through this food, give us strength to live as your people. Help us, God, please help us learn to care for your world. And help us, God, please help us learn to love and care for one another and ourselves as our Lord Jesus taught us. We praise you, we thank you, and we bless you as together we turn to the words that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And please know that whoever you are, wherever you are in your journey in faith, whatever it is you may have done in life, that all people are welcome at this, our Lord's table. And we will proceed from the front to the back. We will have three stations, one in the room next door, one kind of in an entryway, and one here. And we'll just have to kind of figure it out as it unfolds. <laughs> the Last Supper was a little chaotic, so this can be too. body of Christ, the bread of heaven, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Thank you, Richard. <coughs> go back this way. Who's with me? Okay. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. My friend, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. 
the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. You can circle around that one, yeah. Hey, buddy. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. My friend, God bless you this day. May God sustain you and bring you great joy in your mom and dad in life. Amen. He's beautiful, man. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Donna, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, my friend. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Glad you're here. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Barb. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Katie, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Tomas, happy Easter, buddy. Body of Christ, bread of heaven. Lord Jesus Christ, bless you this day. May his spirit fill you with joy. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Happy Easter, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven, good to see you. Happy Easter, Fred, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Chris, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven, amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven, amen. Great to see you, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Tomas, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Blessings. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Good to see you. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Glad you're here, buddy. Body of Christ. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Blessings. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Glad you're here. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Glad you're here. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Jennifer, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Mike, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Steve, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Stephanie, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Happy Easter, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Glad you all are here. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Joan, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. And for John this day, we give thanks. Amen. Hi, sweetie. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. <laughs> the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Blessings. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Blessings. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. <laughs> Blessings to you, my friend. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. body of Christ, the bread of heaven, blessings. Blessings, my friend, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Thank you. Happy Easter, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. 
the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Glad you're here. Happy Easter. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Body and blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Hey, Max. Happy Easter, buddy. I love you. Love you. Glad you're here. <laughs> happy, happy Easter. Nice job, guys. The Lord is risen indeed. Whose love endures forever. The Lord is risen indeed. Closing hymn is number 370 in your red hymnals. Rejoice, the Lord is King. Rejoice, the Lord is King, your Lord and King above. Rejoice, give thanks and sing and triumph evermore. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice again. I say rejoice. Jesus, the Savior, reigns. The God of truth and love 
when he had purged our stains, he took his seat above. Lift up your heart, lift up your heart, rejoice, read again, we say rejoice. His kingdom cannot fail, he rules over earth and heaven. The keys of death and hell are to our Jesus given. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in glorious hope, our Lord the Judge shall come. Servants up to their eternal home. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice. standing just for a minute. Do you want people to remain standing just for a second? If you would, please remain standing. That's perfect.
I'll come back out this way when we're done. big thanks to Paul, our musicians and choir. Thank you all so much. And thank you all for being here. Thanks for visiting. If it's your first time, thanks for watching. If you're watching, so glad you're here on this Easter morning. And when you leave here and cross the bridge and head over the headwaters of the Colorado River, because that's what those waters are, <laughs> know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ goes with each and every one of you. Let him lead you into the quiet places of your heart where he will speak with you. Know that he loves you and listens to you with gentle understanding. And know that he is with you always, wherever you are, whatever you're feeling, whatever it is you might be enduring. And may God's strength and peace and joy and hope remain within each and every one of you, always. Amen. Thank you. Nice job. Bless you. Better than any of the other. Uh-oh. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Yeah.